I am sitting in my bed right now. I usually do not podcast from my bed, um, but I thought it was fitting. And I feel like normally I podcast in the morning. It's nighttime. I'm watching the rain outside, just feeling very um, contemplative. Is that how you say the word? I don't know. Um, I'm sitting in a new blanket that I made today. It's one of those little Thai blankets. It's very soft and cozy and it has um, dogs dressed in Christmas attire in it. So I'm having a little cozy moment and I feel like I'm ready to record this one. Um, I have wanted to for a long time, but it's just such a hard... I just never feel like I'm ready, not even in the sense that I can't talk about it anymore, just that, like, I'm always so scared that I'm going to dishonor somebody else's story in talking about it or say something that's upsetting or triggering or whatever. Um, Obviously, it's a really sensitive topic um, when death is addressed or traumatic events, Um, so... I do want to say um, that this particular episode is going to kind of address and weave through some really difficult topics, so please consider this your trigger warning um, if death, suicide, guns, things like that um, are upsetting to you, which very valid if they are, (laughs) they're upsetting to me too, Um, maybe skip this one and head to a different, different episode. Um, But I also do think it's really important that, you know, I tell my story and my experience. And um, yeah, I think it's important on multiple levels, not only for me to like verbalize it and share it, but also um, to spread awareness about certain issues, um, to hopefully build some hope or just like... uh, share about resilience and what I've learned that to be um, in my life. And I think that this topic is is really on my mind because, um, well, I've actually been meaning to record this for a couple weeks. So on October 24th, it was the nine-year anniversary of the shooting that happened at my high school, my junior year in high school. So it was in 2014. And on that day, I felt every every year is different, obviously. Um, some years I feel it much thicker <laughs> than other years. Some years I'm like, that's crazy that that even happened. Um, it doesn't feel real, feels so far away, which I mean, nine years is a long time. Um, but this year was just, I don't know, it was interesting. I felt like, I was like, maybe I have the words now, but how do you ever gather the words to to talk about that type of experience. I don't know. Um, but then literally the next day, um, there was a horrific mass shooting. Um, and it was all over the news and, um, it just hit very close to home. Um, so it was a very like emotional and weird experience for me. And, and I'm, I would say I'm obviously very sensitive to, you know, whenever I hear about a mass shooting, which I I don't even remember, I'll have to look up the statistic because as I was watching the news, I heard and it was some just ungodly number of how many mass shootings have happened in America just in 
2023 so far. It's just like in in the tens of thousands, which is just insane. Um, because I remember when this happened in my community, I mean, granted, it was happening too frequently. I mean, one is too frequent, but um, it was, I mean, it was kind of unheard of still at that point. And so it was all over the news and it was just, it was bizarre, but I feel like they're just happening in everyone's backyards these days and it's just like doesn't even make the news anymore because it's just the norm, which is terrifying. Um, And I feel like it has gotten to the point, like in the last five years, everybody knows somebody who's been affected by um, gun violence. And so it's just horrible. Um, But anyways, and so I think this year, like, those two days back to back, I mean, it obviously was really hard and, um, but I felt it really on my heart to share my kind of story and my experience and not to trigger anybody, not to scare anybody. I definitely lived a lot of my life really fearful after. Um, and so I know that that's just unfortunately a natural consequence of these things happening. And that is just the reality. Like, In order to be logical, you have to recognize that this is the reality, that everyone's impacted by it in some way. And I hope that none of you listening ever have to be impacted the way that, you know, I was or the people in my community were like so, so close to it. Um, But yeah, unfortunately, it's the country we live in. So that's just so awesome. Um, But yeah, I mean... Like I said, I'm like beating around the bush because I almost am like, I'm just so scared that I'm going to use the wrong language or, you know, and, and that's not what it's about. Obviously, I, I acknowledge and I recognize and I hold space for the experience that every person have or had during that time and on that day. And um, I was fortunate enough to not witness it in my school cafeteria Um, However, my, you know, my experience was completely unique in its own. And that's, that's the hard part is everybody's was, whether they were, you know, like in the same room or, you know, everybody, because of the background that we all bring and carry, everybody experiences these things differently. And unfortunately, there's no formula for grief or for healing or for trauma. Um, So it's, it's a really complicated thing, but I guess essentially I'll just kind of start out. Um, I don't want to be too graphic, you know, about it. Um, If you want more of the factual, you know, details, like you can look it up on your own time, but I I don't want to dishonor anybody's name or identity or anything like that um, by sharing like the gory details. You know, I just, that's not really the point. Um, And I also just think like, visualizing those things it's just it's scary and it's not helpful (laughs) so um and I unfortunately learned that the hard way I think that was for some reason my brain like coped with I'll get into that um but essentially um yeah it was on October 24th 2014 and um I remember we had like weird lunches that day so I had second lunch And I, our campus, our high school campus was really weird, especially for a Washington school. We, it was like all spread out, not one building, all outdoor, (laughs) which is not ideal for like the part of Washington that rains so much. Um, It was awful some days. 
walking like from one end of the school to the other, like completely outside in the rain. Um, but on nice days, it was gorgeous. Um, so I was over, uh, our cafeteria was on one end of the school and then like our football field was on the other end. I was close to the football field. I was in my math class, you know, just a normal day, like just ready to get out of math class. Um, and, and it was about time for me to be going to lunch. So it was during first lunch and I remember the fire alarm was pulled. And so like my half of the school, we evacuated onto the football field where we were supposed to go. And we were kind of trying to find, we had a certain period that we had to line up with. So I was looking for my third period class. Um, and then, you know, not before long, there were floods and floods of students just running out to the parking lot and teachers who were running onto the fields kind of shooing us into classrooms. And I remember seeing like one of my close friends and he was like, there's somebody with a gun, you know, somebody has a gun. And so, I mean, obviously it was just sheer panic and teachers were like shooing us into classrooms and people were just kind of everywhere. Like it was just chaos. Um, and so I'm, I'm like running into my classroom. And, and at that point, my initial reaction was, oh, like somebody pulled the fire alarm to get us all in one place, you know, and then they were going to come out there. Um, and so obviously I was terrified. So my mom at the time, well, she still does work there, but uh, my mom was a para, like a teacher's assistant at the school. Um, and I had no idea where she was during that time, but I happened to run into her as I was running into a classroom. Um, I, I spotted her and I, she was trying to help and, you know, get people in classrooms. And I literally yanked her in the room with me and people are like, go inside, go inside, you know, shouting at us. And so we're all, you know, in lockdown mode because we have no idea what's going on. We don't know if this is still active or, you know, we have literally no clue what's going on other than like, this is really, really unsafe situation. And so, um, yeah, we are in lockdown. We're all hunched over. I had, it was me, my mom, and then two of my really close friends were with me in that room. And, um, my close friend's dad happened to be a firefighter, um, for, the city that we live in and so she was immediately getting texts you know from him kind of giving us intel of like what's happening but at the same time like it was all still unfolding um and obviously at that time it felt like it was an hour that we didn't know what was going on when really it was probably like four to six minutes max you know those things just unfold so quickly and we were at the other end of the school right so we're calling family, texting people, posting on Facebook, like, I'm safe for now. Um, we're watching the news in the classroom of these helicopters hovering over our school live. And we don't even know what's going on yet. We're watching it unfold live on the news. It was just bizarre. Um, so we're getting details, you know, from my friend's dad. And we're trying to reach out to family and reach out to our friends um, because we don't know who like half of our friends were in the cafeteria when that happened. Um, and yeah, it was just crazy. Essentially what happened was, uh, a freshman student had, you know, brought a gun to school and walked into the cafeteria and essentially pulled it out on his, his lunch table of his friends. Um, and you know, again, I don't want to speak too 
the motive or, you know, the background, like, again, that's just not my place. Um, But essentially, that's what happened and eventually turned the gun on himself. um, So he did as well. Um, And we, my family had had a, um, an exchange student living with us at the time who unfortunately was in the cafeteria. Um, And then one of my best friends was also with him in the cafeteria. And so, you know, almost immediately, we're getting a phone call um, from my best friend who's essentially telling us, yeah, we're running, we're jumping fences, like we're going to try and get into someone's house and and get refuge. And, And I just can't even imagine like that experience after having witnessed that and seeing your life flash before your eyes and having to literally run for your life. Um, So all I remember was just like, just such a fear of the unknown in that five minute span of, of wondering, like, one, what's happening? Two, am I going to still speak with some of my friends, some of my classmates? Like, and hearing this phone call, this chaotic phone call of them, you know, running for their lives, essentially texting family, getting texts from people who live states over that I had met at leadership camp. And like, it's all over the news already. And people are like associating, oh, I know, I know somebody who goes to this school, you know, and so it was just chaos. Um, and then, you know, after we received word that essentially the situation, um, was over we sat and waited and some of the memories are a little bit patchy to me still that's probably just my body trying to you know process and cope and keep me safe but um I don't even know how long we sat in that classroom but like I said we were like the farthest end of the school and so we were evacuated by the SWAT teams last It felt like we sat in there for maybe five or six hours, but it was probably more like two or three. And um, the SWAT team came finally to our classroom, was banging on the door. And even then, you're just like so untrusting um, because of the situation and because your body is in high alert. Like when they're banging on the door, I, you know, your immediate thought is, well, that's the gunman. Like that's not the cops. That's not like I'm not safe. I'm not safe. And so, you know, they come in and and are telling us, you know, put your hands up, get in a line, walk out. And we walked across (laughs) this huge field in front of our school and onto buses. Um, And you know what? It's actually interesting. I don't even remember getting on the bus. I know I took a bus, (laughs) but I don't I don't remember it. Um, And we went to a nearby church. Um, where we could be reunited with our families and our parents and again I was with my mom Um, so we my dad came and picked us up um, and my sister was being picked up from she went to school in Seattle and so she was being essentially shuffled home to come and see us because you can imagine she was in a panic as well Um, and so we waited at this church and I just it does not feel real to even think about it like it was just bizarre, like, seeing students be reunited with their families, and just tears everywhere, and and panic, and chaos, and just nobody knowing what just happened, Um, 
it was, yeah, it was just surreal. Like it was awful. Um, yet I was thankful to be okay. Um, yet I wasn't okay and nobody was. Um, and so, yeah, my dad picked us up. We went home. And again, like the timeline for me is still really messy. Um, it was kind of all a blur after that. I know we had a week off of school next week and um, we were supposed to have a football game that night and we were supposed to play a school that was like one of our rivals and they ended up, you know, forfeiting the game um, and giving us the win and, you know, offering their support and things like that, which was a really cool experience. I remember the biggest thing that stands out to me um, from that week off of school was just like constantly being with my friends. I had, I was fortunate enough to have like a really um, tight knit friend group. And I mean, at that time it was like, nobody wanted to be alone. We were all having sleepovers like every night and the people would just pile into my living room and we would just watch movies and just lay there all day because we just didn't know what else to do and we were all sad and scared and being affected you know in in all of our own unique ways and that's literally all I remember from that week which is just so interesting um but I I do remember like feeling so close to the people that I loved around me and the support from our community and from outside of the community was really huge. Like it was, it was, like I said, it was really weird to turn on the news and see my friends on CNN. Um, but at the same time, like the whole state of Washington, I feel like was coming around us and like offering help and support and refuge and you know places were open um that week for us to go and hang out like they would get feed us for free and give us drinks for free and just stuff like that like it it was really cool to see the community come together in that way obviously awful circumstance um but even still like um it was a really really hard and awful time but a really special time um for me and I was grateful that I had people around me um and when we went back to school I I remember I I was a huge volleyball girl and um like I said the details are like out of my mind at this point but I think we were about to head into playoffs and we ended up making it to state that year like almost every sports team we had made it to state that year which is really interesting. I think we've just felt like we needed something to fight for. Um, And I remember coming out for those, like even showing up to our first practice, it was optional. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, I just feel not myself. I feel sad. I feel like I'm on the verge of tears all the time. I feel like I can't do anything. I just felt like glazed over, you know? And we went to practice and our coach just like gave us space um to just feel how we needed to feel or cry or and she was like you know what if you guys want to play volleyball please do it if you need a whack-a-ball do it if you need to sit on the side and cry you can do that too you know and so I'm really thankful that she gave us that space and I think she approached it in a really healthy way anyways we um yeah we ended up doing really well we beat like 
we were num- the number 12th seed, I think, and we beat the number one <laughs> in our first playoff game, I think is what happened. And so that was really crazy, but really encouraging. And we just needed a win, you know, and um, like I said, we had a lot of grit in us. Um, and it was cool to see the team, all of the, t- all of the sports teams, honestly, at the time, like we could have chosen to just like stay frozen and you know hear me out sometimes I think you don't have a choice sometimes like your body just shuts down you literally can't like buck up and get through it but I think we had a choice and we all decided that we were gonna like try and fight for it together and it paid off and we got to go to state which was a really really cool experience for us and um yeah like I said football went to state and the entire community went to all the games and it was just like I said, it was the hardest time, but you could really see the resilience building. And it's kind of heartbreaking to think about because, gosh, how old was I? 17 maybe at the time? Yeah, 17, my junior year. And I feel like even now, like no one's ever prepared or well-equipped to handle a traumatic event like that. But I just like, I think about who I was then and I feel so far away from her. Obviously, I've been through like a lot of life since then, but my heart just breaks because no young person, nobody, period, but no young person especially who's at school, who's at the grocery store, who's at a movie theater, wherever, at a concert, like no, nobody deserves to have their world rocked like that and I just think about like the development that I was going through at the time and even kids younger than me like I just I just I don't know it just breaks my heart to think that school that should be a safe learning environment where you should ultimately feel safe to like grow and thrive and be yourself and make mistakes and and walk around and be social and learn who you are Nobody should have to show up to a safe place like that and be scared. Yet that's such a reality. Like you almost, how would you avoid that fear unless you just don't care, (laughs) you know, which I can't think of anybody who doesn't care about death. But like, it's just, yeah, it's awful. And I remember returning to school. I had several friends who couldn't return to school, rightly so. Um, They were just so triggered. Like, we had to go and pick up, too. Like, our cars were stuck in the parking lot. They wouldn't let us get anything because it was an ongoing investigation, obviously. And so we had to go back during that week off. I remember going with one of my best friends, and our parents took us. And um, it was just, I felt numb. We had to go and get in our cars, and I felt really weird getting in my car in that parking lot. And then we had to go like get escorted to go and get our backpacks out of the classroom um, that we were in and I like didn't want to touch the stuff you know and I remember her her mom gave us like 10 bucks cash and was like go get a coffee and that was just like the best thing ever (laughs) I don't know why we just were so sad and so we drove we got in my car and we went and got a coffee but it just Yeah, and when we went back to school, we had, you know, assemblies. We had support dogs all over the campus. 
we didn't really resume normal learning for a long time, it felt like, because, I mean, even the teach it's like these teachers were being expected to return to school and act like everything was normal. Like, it's hard because, like I said, there's no perfect formula to how you can approach these types of situations. And, and the adults were going through it just as much as the kids were. So what's the expectation, you know? And so a lot of my teachers just provided a space again to just be. Um, and there were, you know, counselors on site and things like that and lots of resources for us. But at the same time, like it really did feel like I remember feeling so frustrated because it felt like we were just expected to go back to normal. And how were we supposed to do that? Like I was terrified to be at school. I couldn't focus on anything. Anytime the intercom would go off, I would freak out. Um, We had several bomb threats in the months that, um, you know, came after and, and, and they were like kind of legit, kind of not sometimes, you know, like it was just people trying to, trying to essentially troll us and, and instill fear and it worked, unfortunately, but I just, yeah, it was no, no young person should have to have the thought in their mind of, you know what, well, if I die, die. Like, nobody should have to come to that term. And I felt like that's eventually kind of what I came to. And that was a really scary thing for me. And I I got into therapy after, like a couple months after, and just tried to process it because I was dealing with some pretty serious PTSD. Um, I didn't want to be in public spaces. Um, I would see things happening on the news and almost like physically automatically would just like physically put myself in those scenarios and like live through them and walk through them. Um, I remember there was a terrorist attack in Paris and like shortly after, or maybe it was even the summer after, I can't remember, but it, for some reason I vividly remember that and it felt like I almost had the experience myself. Like I could put my body in that scenario and live through it. And that was really traumatizing and I, but I couldn't stop myself almost, you know? So it was just, it was a really bizarre thing to try and process. Meanwhile, like trying to do schoolwork and trying to kind of carry on with some sort of normalcy. Um, it was just, it was really, really challenging. Um, and I ran for, um, ASB president that next year going into my senior year because I just felt I was like I mean I already was involved in student government and things like that but I felt this responsibility or this like drive to I don't know just be a voice and to try and help build the resilience and I remember I was asked it's it's so weird like none of this is to you know toot my own horn or anything like that I think it was solely because I was just in like the right place at the right time but I was always asked to do news conferences or like to talk with reporters or to be interviewed for the newspaper and things like that and like I said I was pretty involved in student government and so I felt like they just were like oh you know Alicia can do it and now thinking back I'm like what the fuck like (laughs) why did they ask me to do that like Not that it's anybody's fault, but it was almost like I had to assume this adult position and be really good with my words and and try to convince these reporters that, like, 
our community is stronger than ever and we're building resilience and blah 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 like be a voice for the student body yet I didn't know what the freak was going on like I was struggling myself you know and I wish that I like I had the self-awareness at the time to like have been more honest but I just think it's like okay you can only expect so much from a kid <laughs> like it just is weird like how much um exposure that the school got and I mean sometimes like they would fly helicopters over the school and like take footage and stuff but that was obviously triggering to a lot of the students because that's what happened the day of the shooting and just stuff like that and so it's weird to look back and like think about the experience that we were having and again I remember feeling super frustrated come winter break I had been writing this like blog post for a long time just kind of to try and like I called it an attempt to find some closure and that's really what I was trying to do like I I was feeling super lost and like I didn't I was not I don't know I just wasn't sure how to move forward and I felt like everyone around me was really really struggling but like nobody was saying it because it felt like okay well we don't know what to do so we're just going to try and move on and obviously there there were school standards to be met and et cetera, et cetera. and so again, there's no formula. So everyone was just doing the best they could. Um, but I had written it like a million times over and over and over and over again. And I was like, I'm never going to have the perfect words. So I think it was January. I finally posted it and I just shared it on my Twitter just for my friends to see and stuff. And it kind of blew up in a way. And I remember the next week getting called to the principal's office, which if you know me, you know that's weird because <laughs> I never got called. I was kind of like a kiss up, but um, I was a little bit of a teacher's pet in high school. Um, but I got called and there was this lady in there and she was like a school psychologist and she was like, hey, I saw, you know, your your blog got sent to me um, and I just want to say like your words are really, really brave and I think like that was a really courageous thing to do and a lot of people really relate to what you're saying a lot of people feel broken and blah 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 all these things again not to toot my own horn but it's just like weird to think about it doesn't even it feels like a movie it doesn't feel like that was me because I I mean I was still a developing human being but um yeah and I, I remember like people telling me yeah I'm not okay like I don't know what to do I can't focus, I can't go here, can't go there. And so anyways, then I got put, after writing that, I got put on like a, an advisory committee. Like I, I don't even remember what it was called. There were so many different things that I was getting thrown into, which again, I wanted to help. But I think also now looking back, I'm like, was that like good for me or was that triggering? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I was on some advisory committee of like how we can move forward and how we can plan a memorial and how we can support students, etc. Um, so it, again, it was really cool to see the community come together in that way. Um, but it was also really heartbreaking. And I think like looking back, I mean, we, the school cafeteria was shut down obviously, cause that's where it took place. And that was kind of like our central meeting place and where everyone got to socialize and be together during the school day. And we didn't have that anymore. Everyone was just eating in like their favorite teacher's classroom or eating in this tiny, tiny like cafeteria that we had that didn't fit very many kids. Um, I think they opened up 
I can't remember if they opened up the gym at one point. I don't remember, but it just kind of threw everyone for a loop. And the next, you know, year and a half was just different and people were different and changed. And I think everybody was forced to grow up in a way that's pretty unfair, you know? Sorry, my computer just shut off. Um, But yeah, it's just a really, it's a weird thing to reflect on. Um, But I think now when I look back, like I said, it feels some days like it never happened at all, which I don't know why it feels that way. Maybe because it was so long ago and, and I've honestly, I'm sad to say like I've maybe become desensitized because this is such a common occurrence now. Like it's just happening way too much. Um, but sometimes I'm still like, really like I really do struggle with PTSD in certain you know in crowds or in whatever and I wonder if that is a real fear for people who've never even had an experience like mine um or if that is like more significant because I had that traumatic experience at a young age I don't know um but I think the one thing I've learned is that resilience looks so different for every person um and it's not like something you can necessarily practice on purpose it's kind of just like navigating what life throws your way and I don't want to say like making the best out of it like it's not a when life gives you lemon sort of deal (laughs) you know like sometimes there's no silver lining um but I think it, I know now because I had that experience, like my tool bag, my toolbox for life looks very different than it would if I didn't have that experience. My outlook on life, my outlook on empathy, um, on mental health, um, that's one of the things that caused me to go forward and study behavioral health in college because um, I know mental mental health issues played a part into why that day even happened. Um, and yeah, I just think it's hard. (laughs) Like it's taught me that, that life is complicated and people are complex and the way that we heal is so unique to us. Um, but in order to heal, we need support and we need help and we need to know when to ask for help, how to ask for it, Um, And I think that that's something that it sticks with me, Um, like everywhere I go is just the helplessness of people and the desire or not, maybe not desire, but the just like helplessness to heal. I think every person wants to feel whole. And unfortunately, I think every person has a very unique set of like adverse experiences that they've gone through in their life that have been traumatic for them. Whether it's a big event like this one, um, where it affects so many people or it's a bunch of small events, you know? So I just think like I've learned a lot about what resilience is and what resilience isn't. I used to just think it's like, I don't know, training yourself to be able to avoid pain or to um, process pain perfectly after something happens. 
but now I know that it's actually the approach after something has you can't avoid (laughs) you can't avoid life you can't avoid um sometimes these situations and these scary things um but after the fact you can become a more whole person um if you attempt to heal and a big part of healing is literally just being willing to heal and to crack it open and look at it even though it looks really scary or um it's really vulnerable so I feel like that's probably the biggest like takeaway at least in this year of my life um but like I said it it manifests itself in different ways and it sticks with me and um my heart breaks for everybody that had to go through that experience um obviously these are people that I knew and I would see every single day um And I know that it lives with every single person, whether they were at the school or not, whether they were alumni or family members or whatever. It's just crazy how many, how many people it impacts, um, when, you know, gun violence unfolds, unfortunately. And I don't understand, not getting political, I just don't understand why, well, I actually don't know the solution. I think, that stricter gun control can't hurt anybody, um, might hurt less people, in fact, but at the same time, like, I know that that's not the solution, like, unfortunately, guns are just, they exist in our communities, and, and there's no changing that, and they are going to be in the hands of the wrong people, and, and it just feels really overwhelming to think about, um, because there is no one swipe solution, you know, um, but, going through that experience has made me more passionate about making sure people are okay and checking on people and, you know, educating myself, um, on certain things and, you know, really advocating for mental health, um, and things like that. But yeah, I, again, I don't know, um, I don't know if I like ever will have the perfect words or whatever, but, um, I just feel like my story um, should be shared and, um, yeah, and just given space and just like anybody else's. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what I experienced, um, almost nine years ago, which is crazy. Um, and I'm sure again, every year it brings kind of a new lesson to me, um, which is, um, something that has, you know, been really beautiful out of something that's really, really ugly. Um, so I'm grateful for that, and I'm I, I'm grateful that our hearts can can heal, and can change, and um, and I think that that's that's the beauty in the uh, in the ugly. So thanks for listening, and I will speak to you on the next one. Bye. <music>